Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zook. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my amazing guests, I would like to start with a marketing tip to get your week started and can kind of be incorporated into self-care because I think it has to do with confidence, mental health, all the things. So I think when it comes to your social media presence, it's so important to stop paying attention to the follower account. The reason that I say this is because not all of your followers actually translate into friends, relationships, customers, clients, all the things, right? Like the engagement is where all of that happens. And so going forward, I really want you to, if you're listening to this, focus more on the engagement of all of your social media channels, not even just Instagram, not just, you know, TikTok, wherever, like the more places that you can really build solid engagement is where the translation is going to come for more long-term relationships in terms of a networking opportunity. So you never know, really, really hone in on that. And um, I can't wait to see what doors open up for you. Now I am so excited to bring on my amazing guest. I have Lindsay Cadigan, who is a self-published author. She created Betty the Confetti Yeti. She's coming out with her second book also in the coming weeks. And she also is an event planner and the director of events for Boston Magazine. So she's so inspiring. We talk about what goes into event planning, how she became a self-published author. To all of my listeners, I know you love multiple hobbies and passions. So this is such a fun one to tune into. So stay tuned for the amazing Lindsay. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. Coming to Next on Scene, everybody. I'm so excited to be here with the amazing Lindsay Cadigan. She is a self-published author of Betty the Confetti Yeti, and she has a new book coming out soon as well. And she's also the director of events for Boston Magazine. Lindsay, it's so great to have you here. Thanks for making the time. Oh, of course. I'm so excited to be here. So excited. And we discovered we're neighbors before we started recording, which I thought was pretty awesome. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about your background. Like, How did you get into the world of publishing and why children's books and all the things? Sure. So children's publishing is really fun, funny just for me because I grew up, always loved, I always loved reading. I was a big Babysitter's Club fan through and through. And I would say back in like 2014, I actually was kind of heavy into the world of events. And that really was the direction of where my career was starting to go. But I was having a cup of coffee with my mom back in Minnesota, where I'm from. And as we were talking, I was talking about school and how I tried out for the soccer team. I tried out for the golf team. I tried out for dance. And I just kind of sucked at everything. And there really was not really anything that I was interested in or anything that I felt like I was really good at. And I was definitely more the creative sort of kid, always making stuff, getting crafty. And my mom was a party planner. So she would always, she was involved in planning all of these elaborate parties in the city. And she worked for a retail store and did all their displays. And I just really kind of followed along that and would help her at different sort of events around, around Minneapolis. And she, I had said to her, I wish there would have been a book about party planning. When I was like a kid, I feel like I would have found out my path so much sooner. Um, I spent all these years wondering what I was going to do for a career. And I just wish there would have been a book about it. And 
um, my mom said, well, why, why don't you write it? And it was this conversation between her and I, where I thought, well, there should be a book about this because that would be so fun. And every book could be a different party that the character plans and all of those sort of things. And my mom was so encouraging and she was so excited about the idea as moms usually are. And that was enough for me to really take it. And I just could feel like that. Oh my gosh, this is something that would be so special. But I had no idea how to publish a book, what it entails, how many words are in a book, like nothing. I knew absolutely nothing and spent a lot of time researching the various publishing paths. And ultimately, after going down the traditional publishing path for a couple of years, decided to take matters into my own hands, self-publish and worked with a team of people to really bring the book to life. So I really stumbled into it and I've learned a lot. It, over, I, it took about eight years. So it took a while. But now you're already coming out with your second one, which is so exciting in a couple of weeks. So yeah, no, I'm re- I'm really excited. And once you kind of do the first one, I feel like all those years where you kind of painfully like muster through and learn all the different sort of things. I now know like I can move so much faster. And I had so many different ideas with the book that I just kept track of all, all of them and really didn't know which story was going to be the first. So when I did the second, I I really, I already had a couple written. So it was, I was like ready to go. So, um, so this one's developed uh, much quicker, which is really, really fun. Now who is Betty? Where did Betty come from, by the way? So Betty is, um, is really funny. It is actually, so I had a great grandmother named Elizabeth. So it's kind of like in the family and I have always just loved older names and just always thought it was such a such a cute name. But when I was writing the story, it originally was going to be a girl. And then as the, I was reworking the manuscript, I thought, ah, I feel like kids just are a little bit more drawn to other characters what and I just thought I'm gonna create like a more universal character, one that's really cute and really fun and something that kids can kind of relate to and that love uh, that they love. And so I like was looking, you know, mermaids, unicorns, and I thought, well, what about the Yeti? I feel like the Yeti kind of gets a bad rap for being this kind of like goofy looking thing. But what if we make a really cute Yeti that loves to celebrate everything? And so, um, and then I was like, oh gosh, and Betty and Yeti, it kind of like rhymes, even though it's not a rhyming book, but it just kind of worked. And I thought it'd be really fun to kind of bring this land of all these different sort of like style Yetis through the illustrations on the mountain where she plans all the parties. I just thought it would be really fun. So that's kind of where the Yeti and then Betty was just this name that I always just, that I just loved and ended up being kind of a name, a family name as well. I love it. Okay. So being that you're an event planner, like full time, like how did you balance between writing and publishing books and planning like bigger scale events? Like how did that work out? Yeah. So it was, I feel like everybody, everybody has like hobbies or things that they love to do in their spare time. And if they, if they don't, if they're working all the time, they, everybody needs an outlet. And my, I really didn't have one for a while because when I wasn't planning events for work, I would be planning events for friends. And I was doing, I mean, that's like all I was doing. And I kind of fell into this sort of publishing world and started learning about it. And I realized that, you know, events is very much about storytelling. You're creating these moments and events for different people or missions or whatever it might be. And I thought, well, this is just kind of a different sort of creative outlet that really is so fun. Like I love telling stories. I tell stories all of the time. Like why not create a story 
that will, you know, connect with kids. So for me, it was just this creative outlet that I never really knew that I needed. And it was just so fun to create something and see it kind of come to life in a totally different way than what I do day to day. And how I break up like the writing and do different sort of pieces is I really like to write either like late at night where I'll work on it from like eight to 11 or between like five to seven. Like I do it in the early morning or I'll do it like late at night or, and I always have different ideas consistently throughout the day. And I always just keep track of them typically in my, in my phone, just so I don't, I don't lose them. So smart, like the notes app or something like that. I feel like that's what I, yeah. yeah. And I, but it is, I will say out of everything that I do during the day, I get all of my ideas in the shower, which is so weird. And I have read that that is like one of the places and I don't know why it is. I think there's some like science research behind it, but that is where I like get all of my ideas. You know, I like jump out and I have to like write them down somewhere, but yeah. That's so awesome. So what's like, cause obviously you have twins at home too. Like what's like your bigger goals of like with authoring like books, like where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself doing events long-term? Like I would love to hear your vision. Yeah. I think for right now it's really working just as far as how like being the self-published author and I try to do school visits when I can. And it's something that, you know, brings me so much joy. And I love hearing from all the other families and the kids that love the character and they want to be a party planner too. And so all of that is just really inspiring. So I think I'd love to continue to produce books. I'd love to create products, celebratory products and create like an entire confetti Eddie line, all of those sort of things. But for right now, the events world is also just always changing, exciting and keeping me on my toes. And the brands that we work with at the magazine are just so fun. So it's working a lot for right now. That's awesome. And I want to talk about so what brought you here to Boston. So you you worked for the Bruins, right? And you met your husband there. Yeah. So, so I, cool. I'm, I'm coming up to my like anniversary, December second. Um, it'll be I think 14 years since I oh, since wow. I moved here from the Midwest. And so, but I think it's adorable that you met your husband at work. Like, that's cool. And then you stayed here, obviously, right? For that reason. Yeah, yeah it was funny. So when I graduated um, college, I, I by no means was like an athlete. Like I was saying, I was, you know, I was horrible at like all sports and all the things. So it was so funny that when I graduated college, I started my career in professional sports because I was like never an athlete. So my first job was with the Minnesota Timberwolves and I worked for them for about a year and a half. And then I ended up getting an opportunity with the Bruins and I was in my mid twenties and thought, Oh, like I've never been to Boston before I was single. Maybe I'll meet someone out there. You know, all these sort of things that, you know, I thought the world is my oyster. I'm going to just go. I can always come back home. So I ended up taking the opportunity with the Bruins and I moved out here and um, my husband and I were like best friends for at least a year while I was here. He was kind of my go-to person if I needed advice on anything. I never knew where I was going. I was like, I could not figure out the city, driving, the rotaries. I just like, I was all like, I was a disaster. So um, he was kind of my go-to person for for everything. And, um, you know, and then we eventually started dating and um, then we got married and now we have twins. And now, you know, I'm here kind of like forever. So sweet. How old are your twins at this point? 
they turn six on Thursday and they are counting every minute of the day. Like literally they're like, how many more sleeps until we wake up and it's our birthday. So, That's adorable. Uh, wild. That's yeah. adorable. Happy birthday to them. That's awesome. Oh, I know. I'll, I'll tell. I'll look yeah. Up. I mean, that would be adorable. I think that's awesome. So wait, I want to also talk about, you shared this fun fact with me too, that you spent your summers during college working at a dude ranch resort. <laughs> And it was literally like, say, hey, dude, like, tell me more about that. That's hilarious. It was the best. So all through high school, I worked at like Target and I loved it. I had all my like friends at Target. And this is when like working at Target was kind of a popular thing back in Minnesota and loved it. And then I went to college when I came home from school for the summer, I thought, okay, well, I don't want to work at Target during the the summer. What am I going to do? And maybe I should work at a camp and maybe I should work here. And you know, my parents were all over me like, Lindy, what are you doing this summer? Like, you got to figure it out. And I said, well, okay, I'm not going back to Target. And there was this website. It was called coolworks.com. I still remember it. And I started looking at all of these different resort jobs. And there was this job at this dude ranch resort in Colorado, right outside of Steamboat Springs. And I thought, well, this could be fun. Maybe I'll like, maybe I'll go to Colorado. So I didn't even tell my parents, but I like applied. I interviewed, I got the job and I told my parents, I said, well, I got a job. And they said, are you going to the camp down the street? I said, nope, I actually got a job in Colorado. I have to be there in like four days and I'm going to be a camp counselor, like with the, at this huge resort running their like kids programs. So they were like horrified. I feel like I just horrified my parents with all of these like ideas and things that I did all the time. But I um, ended up going out there and I worked there for four summers and it was some of the best experiences I have ever had in my life. We were from all over the States. Every year I brought another person from Minnesota with me. So, and then they would bring someone. So by the time it was my last summer, there was like nine of us from Minnesota. And so everybody was like, why is everyone from Minnesota? I said, well, we do heavy recruiting when we're, when we're, everyone would hear about what I was doing and they all wanted to come and they gave us staff housing and we all were like really good friends and we all, everybody was like, had their different romances and, you know, it was just such a classic summer sort of experience. And I was not good at horseback riding. So it was also very odd that I worked at a dude ranch resort because I didn't ride horses. I'm also not like a big camper. So it was like, again, hilarious. People are like, what are you doing out there? But it was so much fun. It was such a beautiful place and it was great. That's awesome. I love that you're such a risk taker. Like I love seeing that. Like I'm all about that and I appreciate it. So I think that's amazing. I think you have to be like, you just have to be like, life is too short, right? You just have to live it up. And try all well, yeah. I mean, what's like I always thought I kind of have gotten to this point too. What's the worst that, that could happen, right? Like you go out to a dude ranch and it's awful, and it's like, okay, this is you go back home, you move across the country, it doesn't end up being what you want it to be. Okay, you go you go back home. You like you just kind of figure it out. And there were too many other things where I would sit around and think about like, well, what if I don't do it though? Like then what? Like then I'm not doing anything. I'm just doing the same thing. And if I'm not happy with whatever it is that I'm doing right now, I can't expect there to be a different outcome. So you might as well just go for it. For sure. I love that attitude. I respect that so much. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's inspiring to my audience too. Okay. This was so funny too, because I'm a back, I love NSYNC. I love the Backstreet Boys. So you said that you met them at a meeting grid in youth battle or something. It made me laugh. Oh my God. Okay. So for people that know me really well, 
they know that like way back in the late 90s and early 2000s, I was like crazy about the boy bands. I loved them. And because I was in Minnesota, the Mall of America was there. So they all came to the yeah. Mall of America. So I would get to go wait in line and I would meet them. So I got to meet NSYNC and 98 Degrees, Backstreet Boys came, BB Mac, like boy bands. And- oh, I love them. Love like them all. Hard, like you would know, but like I love them all. And so when Backstreet Boys came, it was at the Sam Goody store. So back when we had Sam Goodies around and CDs and all of that, and we waited outside for like hours and we were so excited. And they let like the first half of the line in the store and they like cut it off at me. Like the stanchion came down. They were like, you got to wait all this stuff. And so my friend got to go in without me and she's like, like turning back at me in the store. And she's like, Lindsay, I can see them. I'm right here. And so she's like yelling at me and all this stuff. And I'm getting like so fired up so excited. And the guy looks at me, the security guard, and he says, I can tell you're really excited. And I'm going to like lift the stanchion and let you go in, but you got to keep it together. And I was like, totally get it. I am like, totally fine. And don't, you don't have to worry. And it was like slow motion. It was like the stanchion came up and I like took off and I like went sprinting into the store and hit a cord. Okay. As I like entered the store, hit a cord, flew, landed on my face right in front of the Backstreet Boys. And it was like silent in the store. The security guard picked me up. I got yelled at. And then me and my friend were laughing so hard I could barely breathe. And they were all like, oh my God, the Backstreet Boys just saw you like wipe out. And as I ran and like fell, my camera flew out of my hand, crashed into like millions of pieces. And they were like, oh my God. It was just such a scene it was like the best but also like mo- one of the most more moment it was like right for sure you look back and you're like that was hilarious and then, I'm know, like I wonder if they remember um I mean I'm sure it happened all of the time but it was such a spectacle and everyone is like oh my god and people remember it now they're like remember you fell in front of the bags you're in front of Sam Goody <laughs> so yeah. story like such a fun fact I love that oh yeah no but right now I like I was so excited I thought NSYNC was going to be going on their like uh, on a tour I thought there was going to be a residency this and now it's like doesn't sound like anything's going to happen so such a letdown I know I can't I was following all the TikToks I'm like I think they're teasing us I think that's all that this is I'm so, so- I, it, totally I totally fell for it I was like oh my god they're going to Vegas I just I know. know it I can feel it no they're not doing anything totally totally but the Backstreet Boys are still doing pretty well it seems like they're still, still out there yeah yeah Totally. Did you ever see them out there? That's something I would like to do at some point. I haven't seen them out in Vegas, but I don't know. I'm turning 40 this year, so I'm trying to figure out like if... Go all out, Lindsay. Yeah, totally. That's that's awesome. Okay, so I have a question around like small businesses, vendors, like as an event planner, like what goes into you with like picking your vendors when you plan events? Like what's part of that process? Sure. It is critical to the event to like have the right vendor team in in line because I feel like it doesn't matter how much you plan as the like event planner you're only as good as as the vendors that you bring into the fold so what I have done is I have been so fortunate to have worked with so many talented people and we live in a town where there are so many incredible professionals in all different sort of industries and I've worked with all different kinds of budgets, all different kinds of experience. And 
I have just really loved working with vendors that are really flexible. I think for me, that's like really important because with the fence, things are so last minute. They change all of the time. And there are vendors and people out there that will go the extra mile, be flexible. So those are the sorts of people that I like to have when bringing on the AV, the lighting, the entertainment, all of those sort of things have to really kind of come together for it to be a successful event. And it's something that is just really important. And I take, you know, my relationships with the vendors very seriously and just because they are so important and they do so much and they really are the ones doing so much of the work behind the scenes where I'm just kind of running around with the clipboard telling, telling everybody like, ah, do this, do that. You know, they're the ones actually doing it. So um, building the vendor team is really, it's really important and just networking and you know, I always love working with other smaller businesses that are like newer on the scene to kind of give them some exposure and get some experience working with them. And some of those folks too, be they're just more eager and they're willing to like go and stretch a little bit more. And so I don't know. So the, but the vendor piece is really important. But I think you're the key in this as the facilitator, you need to make sure that everyone's on time, all the things are set up correctly. Discredit that piece either, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Well, there's all the like logistics. And I mean, it's like you have to see the future, right? So you're like, okay, so here is the plan. And here is, you know, if everything goes perfectly, here is the suggested timeline. The challenge is nothing ever goes according to plan. I have yet to do an event that is, goes how we thought it was going to. And that's why just having vendors that are flexible and savvy and really smart, like is just really important because you just never know what's going to happen. It's so true. How many people are on your team? Oh my gosh. Right now I am flying solo oh and God, really? team, I am a team of one, but right. we are bringing someone else onto the team, uh, um, you know, before the end of the year, but I work really closely with a team out in Philly, and I work really closely with my colleagues that are here um, in other areas of the of the organization. But I work really closely with some other um, incredible event professionals here in the city. I work with Ty Cupig a lot from Ty uh, Tiger Events, and he's outstanding. So he does a lot of work and helps with the production and the design and some of those sort of things too. So so I have a lot of a lot of people to lean on. What would you say is one of your most memorable events that you plan to date? There's been a couple of really special events. The one that we just did recently for Boston Magazine was our Best of Boston event. And that was incredibly special. We did that one this past August, but there was a lot that went into it. There were some really special just sort of sponsors and people that were working on the event. But we had a flood in the venue the day before the event. Like I kind of thought I avoided the weather situation and all of that. And we ended up having, it rained so much outside. So, something was going on with the drains. I still, to this day, don't really quite understand how this occurred, but the whole venue ended up flooding and we almost had to cancel the event. And we really all just kind of came together and figured out a plan and we were able to kind of save it and still able to do it. And it was such a special night for the city. The Best of Boston is just a really celebratory event where we recognize really the best in all different sort of categories, like across the board. And it's just so fun to see people get so excited and they work all the small businesses. They just work so hard. So it's just such a fun, special night. So that one for me was incredibly special. And then um, before working for the magazine, I worked for Spalding Spalding Rehabilitation Hospital. And when I did work for them, 
um, I planned the Marathon Monday event. So, and that was at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. And Spalding cared for many of the um, survivors from the bombings in 2013. So in 2014, that event, we did a really wonderful partnership with the Mandarin Oriental Hotel, hosted this huge party, which we felt weird calling it a party because it was such a such a hard time, I think, for the city. But it was just a really special day to bring people together for this really just important moment. I mean, our city had gone through so much that past year. There were so many lives that were impacted. We were so lucky for all of the hospitals and all of the work that everybody did uh, to care for those that went through so much and to be able to plan something and bring those people together on a day that was so, so horrific the day before. It was just, it meant a lot to be able to bring people together for a day that could be joyful again. Like I never thought we would get that spirit back and, and just didn't know how we were going to ever do that. And then I just remember standing there in that room and looking around and there were survivors and there were people cheering on the runners. And I thought, oh my gosh, this city is so amazing. And so that was like a really meaningful event for me and for, for a lot of the other people that worked on I it. I love that. That sounds like it was so fulfilling too, right? Oh, absolutely. That one was special for sure. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing. So how can people get your books and how can they get in touch, follow you on Instagram, all the things? Sure. So people can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Confetti Cat again. I'm going to be rolling out at the Confetti Yeti. That'll be very specific to the character and different products. And then you can go to the confettiyeti.com to get to get a copy of the book. Perfect. Are you going to share the name of the new book or not yet? Sure. So we're moving into like a full series now. So um, the first one is Betty, the Confetti Yeti, but moving forward, it'll just be the Confetti Yeti. And then every book is a different celebration. So the next book is the Confetti Yeti celebrates a birthday. (laughs) And the story is Betty throws a party for her teacher. Um, It's her teacher's birthday and she throws him this big party at the school. And it's such a fun story about how everything goes wrong and they all work together to try to pull this special um, moment together for their teacher. I love that. That's adorable. So what would you say is the age range, by the way, of the kids that would read the books? You know what's funny? I always say four to seven, but I hear a lot from other families of kids that are a little younger because it's a really colorful book. So I think a lot of kids love the illustrations, but I'm starting to find that kids that are a little bit older that are like seven even eight, where it's like they've moved on from the picture book world. Like in my mind, I'm like, they're probably reading chapter books, you know, by now. But they are so into the party planning concept that I have found that there is a lot of folks like from that like six, seven age range where they're the ones they're making their own party planning tool belts. They want to do parties for their for their family and all of those things. They really grasp like the concept. So it's kind of a wide range. But I always say like four to four to seven is kind of the sweet spot. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. This was so inspiring, so much fun. Everybody shop with Lindsay and get your Confetti Eddie books. And thank you again. This was awesome. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Of course. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Becoming Next on Scene. And stay tuned for his next on Scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.